Get some green when you go green with Cypress Credit Union. From now through the end of May, when you open a dream checking account with direct deposit and e-statements, we'll give you $50 and donate $50 to Tree Utah's Community Tree Planting Program. To open your account or for more information, visit us today at cypresscu.com. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Federally insured by NCUA. Eons ago, we cavemen discovered fire. So, nobody knows better than us how to prevent wildfires. Just stay next to the fire when it's blazing. Then, pour water to douse it, stir, and repeat. And finally, check for heat. It'd be a shame if, say, you got lazy and didn't ensure the fire pit was cool to the touch and accidentally sparked the wildfire that wiped out the last of the dinosaurs and your cousin Bonk never shut up about it. Hypothetically, of course. So, douse your campfires. Use your fire sense. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keering on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's another edition of Unrivaled 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, your home of the Utah Jazz. Appropriate today that we're breaking out a bunch of jazz news. Of course, it's reported across the board. I think Woj and uh, Sham started this one up, and uh, now it's just going to be uh, some official breakdowns and probably a press conference and a press release from the Utah Jazz forthcoming over the next, I don't know, 36 hours or so probably before you're going to be introduced to the new coach of the Utah Jazz, Will Hardy, uh, a an assistant on the bench for uh, Emi Odoka over the past season. Boy, they were a flash in a pan. They had quite the season. They jump in and and they go to the they go to the Eastern Con- or they they win the Eastern Conference Finals. They go to the NBA Finals to uh, lose in six games to the Golden State Warriors. But what a season! What a first season! For that staff and the Jazz see something in Will Hardy. I think uh, across the board in the league, people see something in Will Hardy that is a very, very young coach. In fact, the youngest active coach in the NBA right now. Joining us on the program right now, uh, he's with CelticsWire.com, part of the USA Today Network. Justin Quinn out from Boston. Uh, give us some thoughts on uh, on uh, on Will Hardy moving over here to Salt Lake City. Are they getting a good one here? I believe they are. They actually have a lot of support coming already from Grant Williams, Jason Tatum expressing the support on Twitter. And your your gain out there is definitely our loss. Uh, of course, Will Hardy's never been a head coach before. Um, it, should that be a concern at all? Or do you, do you think he's a guy that uh, can win immediately? Or is he, is he going to take some time and is he going to have to kind of have some growing pains? Well, I think right now with the roster out in Utah kind of up in the air with Danny Ainge at the helm of you guys now, uh, from our experience, he likes to shake things up, and he's going to want to put his stamp on things. Bringing Hardy over, even though they didn't overlap, there's a lot of continuity, there's a lot of connections between the two organizations with, with Ainge being over there now and his son being assistant GM of the Celtics. So I think that there is going to be a little bit of a period of adjustment for everybody. Uh, as the the roster gets retooled, I don't expect a full rebuild by any means with you guys, but I think it's going to be a good opportunity. Uh, I think that Will Hardy is probably one of the most capable candidates they could have picked for the job. So as much as I hate to see him go, it's it's a no-brainer. 
What what is the thing that that makes Will Hardy so good as a young talent that everybody spotted kind of from the beginning? It didn't matter what position he was in as a video coordinator for uh, Greg Popovich's staff and kind of moving up there, even uh, helping out with USA Basketball on the coaching front, and then uh, finally on this staff with the Celtics. What is kind of his thing? What what made it special this year that run that they made with Ime Odoka and his staff? Well, for me personally, I was always a little skeptical of the Spurs mystique under the of the Popovich coaching tree, Greg Popovich, their, their uh, current head coach. But once Ima Odoka got to Boston and we got it through our thick heads that the, the struggle in the first half of the season was him instilling the system that he wanted, uh, I am a much stronger believer that the institutional culture of the Spurs and their, their literally decades of longevity were a big part of what made uh, Udoka successful when he made the leap uh, to a head coaching position. And if you go around the league, um, even with Quinn Snyder, uh, you, you see a really long line of continuity with very few, uh, shall we say, failures. So um, in Will Hardy, you have a, you have a young guy. Is, is he a guy that can command a locker room of, of rather uh, pampered and wealthy, <laughs> egotistical basketball oh players? See, that's the thing that we, we really don't have too much knowledge of because we don't really hear too much from Will Hardy himself. We mostly see how people talk about him. We mostly see the regard people hold him in. And, you know, from my limited experience of, of being around the team, particularly in this pandemic era, uh, there's just a lot of support from the Celtics who have worked with him. I mean, I have not seen anyone jump on Twitter quite so fast to congratulate anybody else who's left the team to, for other positions in the past. And honestly, I, I do think that he has a way of reaching them, making connections with them. Whether or not he'll be able to do that in a new location, you know, every every situation is going to be different. But, I mean, if you follow what was going on with the Celtics over the last couple of seasons – uh, I won't say it was dysfunctional, but it was very, very far from optimal. And, you know, clashing personalities, even though we don't quite know exactly who and where and what context, we do know that there was a lot of issues going on in, in the, uh, the locker room. And, you know, Udoka certainly deserves a lion's share of the credit as, as the, the head coach. But as his chief assistant, you have to imagine that Hardy had a role in that. I think we just sort of forgive whatever happened in the past. If the team starts winning, everybody just goes, don't care what happened, or it all just got magically, magically fixed uh, on top of that. So uh, whenever they have those kinds of things happen, I think that coaches uh, take a lot of the credit. But, you know, on the flip side, it, it's only been a year that he's been on the bench as that lead assistant. And so uh, you also were able to see some of the time that Danny Ainge was there in Boston it, as the CEO now of the Jazz and bringing in a guy who wasn't his guy, particularly like you said, but that – the crossover was they probably at least know uh, who each other are and have had conversations, and certainly he's familiar with Brad Stevens and, and a lot of that other coaching staff out there. But uh, what exactly is it that Danny Ainge brings to uh, uh, the team out here? Everybody talks about him being this, uh, this genius executive, but what was your time seeing what he did in Boston? Well, I mean, he predates me even being 46 uh, in this industry. He's been at the helm of the Celtics, or was at the helm of the Celtics for about two decades. And he took a lot of flack towards the end of his tenure for what I have been describing through the period that it happened as a bunch of kind of cascading problems that were kind of almost impossible to fix. Uh, I do think that the way that Brad Stevens reacted uh, a little bit more decisively and with a little bit less interest in winning trades 
but overall, I don't think that you can critique Danny Ainge's tenure just because of a short string of bad luck over a couple of seasons. It was at the worst possible time for the Celtics, but overall, I think, particularly because he's able to take a more relaxed role, he, he had a lot of issues going on, uh, not just with COVID, not just with the team, but also he had a heart attack right, right before all these things happened. And I think he kind of just needed the structure and the support to not necessarily be like so heavily involved in the decision-making process. I do think that now with, with him in this new role, with his new support system and, you know, uh, an owner who really believes in him, that you guys have yourself maybe the optimal person at the helm for the stage of the career where, where your roster is at and the, the problems that you have because you need somebody who's not afraid to do really bold things and who knows how to do them. And, frankly, I can't think of anyone in the league who's going to be a better person than that. So the Boston Celtics are one of the most heralded franchises in NBA history and just an amazing, you know, organization and a lot of championships. The The lowly Utah Jazz have never won a championship. And we, we were talking earlier, curious about what the perception, because we live here, right? We think it's a great place, but we don't know what everyone else thinks about us. What do people around the NBA actually think of the Utah Jazz, think of this hire, and may th- maybe think of Danny Ainge and where, where this organization might be going in the future? Well, I'm sure there is some concern based on, again, that, that perception of the end of his tenure, because as we kind of hinted earlier, people tend to have very short memories when it comes to things like winning. But if you live through what the Celtics, the glory Celtics, yeah, 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 all that good stuff, uh, the wilderness era where it was basically decades between serious title runs, he did a lot of work for what was at that time one of the most dysfunctional organizations in the league. So uh, I wouldn't be too worried about Danny. As far as the, the organization itself, you guys have a lot of respect, I think, around the league. Uh, players may not be so crazy about the reputed nightlife of Salt Lake City, <laughs> but apart from that, uh, I don't necessarily think that they they look at the organization as in any way dysfunctional or problematic or any of the things that might drive away free agents or anything like that. And frankly, you guys have a lot of good tools on that roster. Uh, I do think you need to, to shuffle things up because it's pretty clear that whatever for whatever reason, things just became stagnant. And I think you can take a page out of the look of the book of the Celtics when you have a lot of obvious talent on a roster, but sometimes you just need to do things different. You need a new voice in the locker room, maybe a couple other different parts. And if you get that mix right, good things can happen. So what what nightlife are we lacking here? (laughs) Help us improve, Justin. I don't know, honestly. (laughs) I've never actually been to Salt Lake City, but a very recurrent thing that I hear from players is that they are very bored in Salt Lake City. That may be completely, you know, hearsay, but... That's just what we hear. Hey, you're here to play a basketball game, kid. That's what I'd tell him. Yeah, you don't need exactly. you don't need a nightlife. You're just here to play <laughs> basketball. Be come on, let's just settle down. That's why a lot of these veterans come in. They go, I liked that that stop in Utah. I had it was way more calm. When I had two kids, it was way more calm. You know, like hanging out downtown. Yep. So Justin, Las Vegas is not that far. It isn't, and it's I think some close. players have taken it advantage is. of that yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, Justin Quinn, CelticsWire.com, part of the USA Today Network. As uh, as you've watched this team. Just even between January and you know a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was quite a ride for uh, for this Celtics team. What was the biggest turnaround to have that locker room go from, hey, this is uh, this is not working to, 
hey, this is a, a now a team in the NBA Finals and certainly would find themselves on anybody's list as, as a possible favorite for next year because the Jazz have a locker room that is seemingly dysfunctional right now and people say, oh, these superstars aren't working for you guys. Well, I do think that you need to have someone who isn't afraid to hold people accountable, whether that's going to be Will Hardy or a player in your locker room. One of the things that was really lacking Celtics up until pretty recently, fast on the screen, your apologies. Uh, one of the things that was really lacking in the Celtics locker room was a clear veteran voice. And I don't just mean like Al Horford has been there all season. He's been there in the past when the, the troubles kind of started. But he isn't necessarily a super vocal guy. Uh, I think that a lot of people gave Marcus Smart, for example, a lot of trouble for what he said about uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the middle of the season. I think a lot of people were questioning whether Udoka's accountability uh, perspective on how he was going to coach the team uh, by calling people out in the press. Both of those things, I think, kind of rub people the wrong way. But in retrospect, I think something like that is kind of needed when you're in that stage of development, when there isn't a clear hierarchy, when there isn't a clear understanding of how to work together as a team. Someone has to be both able to be respected and willing to put their voice out there and, and help get everyone working together. Not necessarily in kind of like a, I'm the drill sergeant, I'm going to yell at you kind of a thing. But like if you do something wrong, no matter who you are on the team, we are all going to be talking about it and we are all going to be working on fixing it. Uh, a lot of people, as you mentioned, you know, were quick to congratulate Will Hardy. Uh, it, it appears that he's well-respected. Uh, you know, he, the, the, the words are that, uh, the, that he blew the jazz away in his interview process. And that, so he's a well thought of guy. I'm just curious, what's, what's going to be his biggest challenge when he, when he first starts coaching here? Well, to be completely frank with you, I think it's going to be the same thing that was Ime Udoka's biggest challenge. And that's establishing his system, getting the respect of the players and getting the media and the fans to buy in as well, because, as far as we could tell, things were going pretty good, but a lot of fans and a lot of people who weren't as closely connected to the Celtics when Udoka was starting his tenure out in Boston were looking at the situation and being highly critical of it. There were even people calling for Udoka to be fired just a few months into his tenure uh, for a guy who ended up finishing the season you know, fourth in Coach of the Year voting and went all the way to the NBA Finals. So really the biggest challenge is going to be the road bumps that are going to come because unless you guys are incredibly lucky, there, it's not going to be a straight line from A to B to from right. you know where you are now to the success you want. So that, in my opinion, is really going to be the biggest challenge. Interesting stuff. Justin Quinn, CelticsWire.com, part of the USA Today Network. Justin, we appreciate it. Uh, stay safe in that thunderstorm, man. We appreciate you jumping on in, uh, on short notice. Thanks for being with us. Definitely. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. All right, well uh... – Jump out to let Justin get back to not dying on the road there. Listen up, y'all. This is the best dadgum sharpshooting cowgirl in the West. And I'm here talking about target practice, breeding ground for wildfires. Here's how to keep them from spreading. Clear your backdrop of dry grass and rock and always have water on hand to snuff out pesky sparks. Back where I'm from, them Jones boys kept having shootouts in the dry grassy field outside of town. They're the reason it's a ghost town. Don't been burnt to a crisp. Shoot targets away from dry grass and rock. Use your fire sense. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that thunder was no joke. Man. Yeah, thunder rolls right there. <laughs> could you, hey, could you join us on the phone? I actually, I'm trying to get back to my family. Yeah, we kind of have a situation back here in Salt Lake, though. Justin Hardy possibly getting hired. Reports are he's going to get hired. Okay, I'm trying to get back to my family. Yeah, can we get you on the air?
Justin, break it down for us. Come on. Love it, though. I mean, what's interesting is my car this- is now floating down the street. <laughs> I can't get there. Oh, my heavens. It's like I've never heard thunder come over a phone interview like yeah. that so so crazily. But interestingly enough, when you hear a large market uh, you know, reporter breaking down the team, listen to how wild the expectations are there. Because he echoes a lot what people are thinking there in Boston, which was, yeah, I mean, Ime Odoka finished fourth in the Coach of the Year voting, and they went to the NBA Finals, and people are still like, still got to show me something here, kid. And I get it. I mean, it was only one year, but what a freaking turnaround. And and I think that it's so invaluable to have a guy like Will Hardy sitting in a locker room and talking to these young men and saying, this is how we play, and if you stick to this, we will get to the promised land. Yeah, and you 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 talk about implementing a culture, and and I I would imagine that was another thing that really jumped out at the Utah Jazz when when he could talk from experience, you know, and being able to see that, and 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 the other places, you know, because there's a culture with uh, Greg Popovich, and yeah, and and he understands that process, and. And so having someone who has that that knowledge, you, you go, you know what? Yeah, uh, we know that he's been through this. He knows how to handle. He knows how to deal with it. And it's 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 got to be something there. There's there's a level of comfort with with the Utah Jazz. Uh, I think I get a lot of. Well, there's one thing he's uh, like you were saying. I think overwhelmingly people are going. Will Hardy is a great hire for any team. Nobody's looking and going. Yeah, but what about that stuff he had with that. Uh, with that, with that one situation back at that old team that he used to coach, the the skeleton in the closet thing you were right. talking about, right? And I think that everybody looks at looks at, at a guy and goes, "Well, there's not much to him. We don't know anything about him. So maybe that just means they're not going to be good enough coach, or that you're not going to get anything out of this guy." But the reality is, Will Hardy, along with David Fisdale today, uh, being hired as the uh, as the new assistant GM, according to reports, he's uh, these guys are coming in. And all they're thinking is, is I've got to buy into the culture and I've got to create the culture myself, right? So Danny Ainge goes, when they're doing these interviews, they go, we expect this. What are you going to do with the team? These interviews go like any other interview that goes at a high level for an executive at any in, in any business where it's like, show me what you would do in this situation. Give me the personality test here that we're going to give you. Show me what you would do, Will Hardy, with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. You think that question didn't freaking come up? What would you do with those guys come in the locker room? They're not looking at each other. They're tweeting at each other and they're getting, uh, you know, they're, they're doing the, uh, the thing behind the scenes where they're kind of throwing shade at one another on social media and then having to be in the same locker room. How would you handle that? So I think the youthfulness in some ways is a good thing because you're just, you're too young to just not know any better, right? You, you, you have no past. You have no, you have nothing, so yeah. that's a tremendous so, so advantage. You, so right? you're just not, you're, you're just not like you should be nervous. You should be afraid. Uh, you should. This should be overwhelming to you, but it's not because you're just like, yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, I think of, I think of how I thought and things I did when I was young. It's like I had no business thinking that way, but I did, and it was, and it was really what got me through. I mean, you know, when I when I got drafted in the NFL, mm-hmm. I I never in my mind even considered that I didn't make the team or wouldn't make the team. Yeah, and other people saying you're probably not going to make the team, though. Right? I mean, I, I was like, yeah, I mean, so, because I was just young, and I was just like, no, I'm going to do this, and this is what you, you had you to know, do just, it now. You'd go, you'd go in much more nervous now 
Even if you had that skill set, I, I rented you'd be a like, townhome for two years. I signed a two-year <laughs> lease. You doofus! Like in June, like you before I ever there. went to training camp. Well, shoot, when's and, my rookie contract up? I guess I'll be here four years. Sign me up. And I <laughs> right, and I and I and I moved all my stuff from Utah uh, to U-Haul. I, I love that. And so, so this youthfulness with this coach, where he's like, there, there's no other option here. It's just hey. this is what we do. Hey, Will Hardy. Sign the five-year lease, kid. <laughs> Come in here. Yeah. Rent that house in Olympus Cove or wherever you're going to live. I think. I think if you really, if you really buy in as a coach, uh-huh. like so, you buy a house, you know, and probably your wife is the one that buys the house and all that <laughs> stuff. But it, there, I think there are two things that happen. You unpack the boxes, all of them. Oh, okay, that's and, good. And and I think you put curtains in. If you have curtains in the house and boxes. That's that's a hundred percent. So you're gonna walk in halfway through the season, and go, Coach. Can I ask you a question? Is everything unpacked at your house? Did you unpack yeah, the is. boxes? Did you put any blinds? Did you put any uh, curtains up? Not blinds. Curtains. curtains. That's Cur- a more that's a more permanent situation. Curtains are the last <laughs> thing you do when you decorate your house, right? Because you, you, you get the furniture, and then you get the accessories, right. and then you get the rugs. Have you taken and then that? You get clear- the paintings, and then the last thing is the curtains. <laughs> Have you taken that clear sheet off of the new dishwasher? Yeah. You got to get that piece of plastic off. That shows me you're actually wanting to be here. All right. That that's when a guy's all in. <laughs> Hang the per- curtains. Hang the curtains, coach. We want you forever. Hang the curtains. It's time for a championship. New thing. All right. Let's take the break here. When we come back, Coach Tim Lacombe's going to join us. It's going to be the first time that uh, the coach is going to jump in and give his thoughts on the new head coaching hire. Uh, Jazz reportedly hiring Will Hardy out of Boston. When we're going to get that official announcement from the Jazz, I'm just like refreshing my email like over and over again. I'm like, where is this coming down? But Because I don't want us to be – listen, Tom Homo freaked me out too much last week when he goes, you know how many of these deals we've had, quote-unquote, done, and the ink is uh, dried on our end, and then we, we send it over, yeah. and some lawyer suddenly goes, eh, I'm going to relook this thing over, and then they suddenly go, I mean, look, it happened to the, to the State, Hornets. It happened to the Hornets two weeks yeah. ago. So, oh, we got the lead assistant from the from the Golden State Warriors, man. Not so fast. Please say it ain't so. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll come back. Coach Lacombe will join us next. Break down the uh, the new head coach hire and the new assistant GM hire, reportedly, for the Utah Jazz. Stay with us. Unravel continues. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.